What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, then. I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. John and friends. Are we recording already? Yeah. God, man. <laughs> you really need to get checked out. Is you a shrink or something? Somebody's going to listen to you. I do. Besides me. Is that what this is? Am I your shrink? So, well, part of it. But no, I, I, I do go to a therapist now. That's good. It's um, always a good idea. You know what's amazing is I had to I had to be broke to get good health care. Yeah, that's <laughs> how that works. If you make too much money, then you don't you don't actually qualify for any health. Or I have to put all of my money in, into yeah, health care. Like, like even when I was when I had the same job that you had, mm-hmm. like it's it's decent. You know, you pay into it or whatever. But like there were still copays. Mm-hmm. There was still more. I was shelling out no, more I know. money. I uh. I just started a payment program with the hospital for sewing my head shut. Oh. Did you hear about this little accident? No, I didn't hear. I've heard about the... We talked about the accident. You don't remember? Or did that... No. Did they take out... They took that part out. Yes. <laughs> no, but I just got, got my bill from the hospital the other day, so... That sucks. After insurance. Which they took care of a good chunk of it, but I still owe $1,300. <sighs> yeah. Happy it's a... It's an expensive bump on the head. Well, you know, that's one more step to be <laughs> the $6 million man. One more reason I just wanted it, everyone to just leave me alone and let me bleed in my fucking kitchen. But. Well, I think that people, and I think you, may have been concerned that there was a lot of... It wouldn't stop bleeding, so, you know. Something had to be done, so there needed to be some... But inter- I don't think I would have died, you know what I mean? Like, if this were the Middle Ages and somebody hit me in the head with a rock and I was <laughs> bleeding quite a bit, you know? I feel like, eventually, you know, it would have stopped, Oh, yes, eventually, but there's there's also infection. potential for infection. Right, but or... I mean, we also don't live in the Middle Ages, so I, you know, I could have had bandages. I could have, you know, like there's but neosporin. You, you just decided. Well, I was to... waiting for it to stop bleeding before I did anything. Like I was trying to wait till you know. But if you just keep it hot and wet, it's not going to stop bleeding. Right. You need to like. I was being stupid. Yes, I should have gotten out, put a cold, you know, thing mm-hmm. on it, and just put applied pressure, and let the natural clotting process begin. And I would have been fine. And you would have been fine? Yes. But the hospital will, will get their money. Um, but I was going to tell you a funny story. This funny, yes. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. <laughs> so um, I don't think that I'll get in trouble for having this conversation. It was, it's a work thing. Okay. At the you know the, at the Fairmont where I work, we mm-hmm. have these little s'mores kits. Yes. Right, that we do. I remember. People love them, right? It's mm-hmm. like a little prepackaged thing that we do. With, if people don't know, it's marshmallow, chocolate, and graham cracker. And we sell these little packets when you get a couple little skewers and you go out to put the fire pit and make s'mores. And people, yeah, they, they love this, this stuff. Well, uh, the kitchen closes at 10, right? We do the late night menu till 11. And there's a couple of um, little dessert things that are on the, on the late night menu. But once the kitchen's closed and gone and done and everyone's gone home, there's no more food. Like I have, I have a small bowl of pretzels. Maybe if a cheese plate's already been pre-made, but those are all gone. We had a very busy night. I mean, there's huge parties in there. And everybody's basically winding down. I'm, I'm basically closed. I'm getting ready to leave. And this guy comes up. He's like, hey, man, do you have any food at all? Like, I just want to get some dessert for my girlfriend. She's in the room. I was like, 
sorry, the kitchen's closed. There's nobody even back there. Like, I can't, you know, they put padlocks on the refrigerator. I can't get the ice cream. I can't get the cheesecake. I can't get anything for you. Like, it's gone. Those people are gone. It's done. And he's like, well, you know, shoot, like, what can I do? And I was like, well, I have pretzels. He's like, that's not going to work. And he's like, wait, don't you guys do have a s'mores thing? I was like, oh, yeah, I totally have the s'mores. Like, you want to take some s'mores? And I, yeah. Um, and I go and I grab a pack. It's like, just one or two. He's like, oh, one will be fine. Yeah, it's probably perfect. It serves two. You know, it's, there's plenty of whatever. And I go back to the back. I grab it and I come out. And the guy looks at me. He's like, "Well, I mean, so I can I can do this in the room?" And I was like, "Oh yeah. I mean, if you have a fireplace or whatever, you know, like you could take it out to the fire pit." He's like, "Oh, she's not going to come out. It has to be in the room." I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I did mean, it in the room. The yeah, one time I stayed there with my mom. Yeah, you just need a fireplace or, or a candle or something. You know, like something. He's like, "Yeah, we don't have them." Well, I mean, he's asking me like if they can. I'm just saying right. yes. Any kind of open flame to toast the marshmallows and he's like yeah there's no fireplace in our room and i was like okay and he's like so how would i do this in my room then and i was like i don't i don't really know man like like if you like, even if you had a candle or something like what are you asking me he's like oh so i, I can't i can't do this it's like okay like what did you gonna make i don't know that was just it it was just the level of intellect that i was dealing with at that point like he's asking me to solve this problem for him like he didn't know how to toast a s'mores kit without fire like there's there is a definitely a drop in um, am i out of line i don't think you're out of line i i, I hate to be harsh to but i i feel like there's there's a level there's a drop in iq sometimes where and i don't maybe people just i mean they go to restaurants they go to resorts they go places because they want to be served and they want to be taken care of and they want to be pampered sure. and i think that some of them are entitled and some of them are used to this behavior so they just expect it and assume it but i feel like you think he wanted me to cook this s'mores kit for him in some fashion probably he probably wanted some he obviously what he wanted was a pre-made dessert to bring to his girlfriend right now when the preparation when says is in s'mores his kit yeah. and i show it to him and he's like oh how do i no, he probably thought that there would be like all melted and gooey and ready to go, but no, yeah, you don't, you don't. I mean, I guess you could do it over a candle, but that would that's that's not really enough heat. I, you know, what? it never <laughs> even occurred to me that he would have me make his s'mores for him. Like, no, that's not, and I wouldn't. That's you. You were tending bar. It's a not, kit. It's a s'mores kit. Like there's I'm, a fire pit outside. There, yeah, if you yeah. want, yeah, you take this up to the fire pit and yeah. Or you can. Roast it right, you know, out there and bring it to your girlfriend yeah, or something. Yeah, whatever the hell you want to do. But yeah, clearly I'm the bartender and I'm this alone. And like it, everyone else has been sent home. And it's... Night. I'm not going anywhere. We're done. Yeah. Anyway. Customers are the worst sometimes. They really are. Um, the place would be great without them. <laughs> this, there's a, um, 7-Eleven has a new Slurpee flavored donut. Wild cherry Slurpee donut is frosted with wild oh, wait, cherry ice. Slurpee flavored like a donut or it's a donut flavored like a Slurpee? The wild cherry Slurpee don't so it's a donut that tastes like a Slurpee with wild cherry icing, speckled pink on the inside and won't give you brain freeze. Oh, so it's just a cherry donut. Yeah, that's not fun. Cinnamon roll shot glasses. There's a new fun way to start binge drinking before noon. <laughs> Thank God, because we need those. Thank There's God. not enough of those. We've already. Solved that problem. <laughs> The DIY. Tired, of drink, tired of waiting till afternoon to start drinking? Well, we've got the solution for you. And it's cinnamon flavored, believe it or not. 
Fireball. What goes down smoother than Fireball? Uh, DIY cinnamon roll shot glasses are exactly what you think they are. Cinnamon roll dough molded and baked into shot glasses, hollowed out, and yes, frosted. Finally what? doing shots at breakfast is In- fun again. I don't have pictures of it. I don't. So you're going to drink out of the dough and then eat the dough after it's been oh, soaking yeah. in alcohol? That looks so horrible. Looks, so they just, yeah. Ugh. Oh, because they're selling Baileys with it. There you go. Got it. Remember those those chocolate covered cherries that had like the liqueur inside? Mm-hmm. I feel like the only reason my grandparents liked them is because they could get drunk off eating chocolate. Yeah, yeah, probably. So I'm on this website called uh, I go here a lot when I'm thinking about stuff to talk about with you. Or I, it's not all just about what disgusts you, but there's a lot of disgusting shit out yeah, there. Yeah, I think it's all about what um, disgusts me. Okay, but... fried chicken ice cream, Walter. The perfect pairing for potato chip flavored soda. Question mark. Fried chicken and flavored ice cream, of course. Created for Japan. Japan's Did Kerrang. you want to see the sandwich that I ate earlier? Is that, is that what, are you just jealous that I got to eat it and you didn't? So you want to see what it looks like now? These people look happy to have some fried chicken ice cream. No, they're not. They stole those pictures of those people off of... Was that Shutter, Shutterstock? Or Shutterstock? Um, was that Shutterstock actors? Can you get paid for that? Yes, you can. Shutterstock pay people for their images of so I, nonsense? Well, I have been uploading some of my better photos to Shutterstock. No one's bought them, but I have an account with Shutterstock. So mm. if somebody comes across something of mine, I will see some pennies at some point. I don't know. I mean, if I'm going to take photographs anyway, and if some of them come out really nice... It's better than zero pennies. Right? So yeah. just put it up there, and then that's just another potential revenue stream. Yeah. Start um, giving them all of our, um, all of our uh, losing out your problem content. Just get us out there. I'm trying. I'm Why trying. are you not? I mean, you're saturating the market with nonsense, but you could actually be doing some good with our content. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to get us. Uh, maybe I'll start sending it to Food and Wine. We'll get get you know. I don't know. Promoting us a little bit. Are you saying I'm not doing enough? I don't know. Okay. I feel like I'm carrying this whole thing on, it's my, true. on my shoulders. It's true. Well, you, you, you know, as far as the division of labor goes, you are the financial backer currently <laughs> for I? this. Yes, absolutely, you are. I'm the only um, investor we have. Yes, we're not doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as podcast goes, but um, and I don't think any we'll we'll check it. We'll do a, a shareholders. And we're, we're really big in Maryland. You were saying yes. So can we do a shout out to Maryland? We can. Okay, so let's talk about that. That's great. So here's the thing: we are um, a younger podcast. We've only started what last 38 year? episodes ago. Thirty eight episodes ago. So we only started last spring, like in March, I think. Yeah. Fifty two weeks in a year, and we do every week. Every week, we skipped a couple weeks, so we're probably up to like forty weeks. So almost a year then, right? Something like that. So I noticed in when I. We, we hosted on SoundCloud, and I, I don't know if this is interesting. To, I don't know how much of any of this is interesting to fast, anybody. They can fast forward a little yeah, bit if skip. you don't really care. You can listen to us at one and a half speed. Did you know you can do that with podcasts? Or you can do it slower too, yes. Wow. Yeah, if you need to. So you really want to draw this out? <laughs> <laughs> or you can go faster too. So it's a little, 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 Theodore, so that when you do 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 no, but like so when they fast forward that it's gonna sound like a chipmunk. So listen to this. So this is. I won't even eat clamato. That's you from last week. Open the box, it's gonna lose value. Well, by this. Now, when somebody was like a collector's item, like you know, like just 
Star Wars character in a box, like you don't open it. You, you won't. You won't. This try. could be worth money in like forty years. <laughs> no, yeah, in forty years, I'm not interested in hanging. On I'm not interested in it today. <laughs> Maybe no, you know what? Or if you're in a hurry, if you have that box in your possession in forty years. I will lick one. You won't try it today. Who would? That looks absolutely fucking foul. A clam flavored candy cane. <laughs> it did look foul. So I can't um, you try to make me eat that fucking thing. So we have a lot of listenership in uh, Silver Springs, Maryland. I've never Silver been to Sil- I've never been to Silver Springs, Maryland. I don't know. I've never been to Maryland. I've never been to that part of the country. I don't I know don't... anybody who could. I mean, so if you're listening and you want to write us and tell us if do you know one of us or how did you hear I about would us, reach out to us on Instagram. On I would Facebook, love to hear how you found us. Gmail. Uh, gluten is not your problem at gmail.com so I think it's fascinating I mean so what is Maryland famous we're as for? interested in you as you are in us it's true it's true <laughs> I'm I'm very interested 73 listens well they're right by Delaware which is like the only other state that doesn't have uh, sales tax it doesn't Delaware and Oregon yeah oh Do I grew like up in that? Oregon sales tax for yeah for suckers for suckers yeah it's bullshit there's actually one state or city the town city Ashland Oregon has sales tax just because they have such high tourism right there, they're like, we're going to do sales tax just for the city. So like, And I found that out. I was buying a sandwich, staying with my sister. I was going to the Shakespearean Festival, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is amazing there. I don't know if you've ever been, but um, I was buying a through, sandwich, but... and they were like seven ninety five for the sandwich, and I give them $8, and they're like, that's actually 12 something I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, sales tax. It's like, I'm in Oregon. I grew up here. Don't fucking bullshit a bullshitter. Like, here's your $8. They're like, no, there's sales tax in Ashland. Who knew? I don't know. Hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. So. So Maryland. Listenership. Right by Delaware. Right by Delaware. That's literally all I know about it. They do crab, right? Maryland crab is a big thing, right? Is it? That whole region, yeah, has really great seafood. Okay. So if you're out there in Maryland and you like what we do, obviously somebody does. Um, Wicked awesome. Or is that? It's a little farther north. Uh, yeah. Maryland's down by DC. Maryland is more. Did you ever see the show The Wire? No. So instead of Baltimore, but the ball guys, the same guy from The Shield. No, that's not the same thing at all. Okay. Well, it was the same actor guy. No. No, not at all. Okay. But <laughs> forget I said it. Fast forward for through that last part. For such a movie and television connoisseur and buff, <clears throat> I never watched cop shows. But you you have a difficult time with actors. Names in general. Names, names in general. Names in general. I mean, I still. I mean, as much Star Trek as I have watched, I don't know the real names of like any of the actors. I mean, uh, Patrick Stewart. I saw him in Central Park do um, the Tempest. Like he's an amazing actor. Brent Spiner, of course, because science fiction and he's an android. So of course, I was fascinated with his character Data. You know, mm-hmm. as a little kid growing up, like robots are, you know, awesome. But, I mean, I don't know any of the actor actors' names. What about Worf? No. He has a really weird name. Steven Dorf or Dorn or something You're like close. that? You're close. You're good. Yeah. Michael Dorn? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, it's back there. But I've never seen his face without his makeup on. Huh. Tori. Is that Deanna Troy? No? I don't know. I can't remember her name. Yeah, but that's it. Oh, oh. Wesley Crusher was Will Wheaton. You just told me mm-hmm. that last week. Is that two weeks ago? Three weeks ago now? So, so hard to piece these things together. A couple of things. So Maryland people, thank you very much for your listenership. We really appreciate it. Super awesome. Hey, and everyone else too. Well, yes. I just... If you're I listening, you're awesome. Huge, yeah, was, we were looking at the numbers. And, <laughs> just a huge spike. Um, 
So a couple <clears throat> of things I wanted to talk to you about. You you had a uh, um, <laughs> so quite a week at work. You had some guests. I did. I did. Did we? I just told you about the. S'mores you told me guy. about. We talked about the s'mores guy. Were there some other? Uh, oh, delightful crabby lady. So <clears throat> speaking guess, of she's Maryland a local, crabs, she's yes. a local here in Sonoma. Okay. And I guess she she usually hangs out at she hangs out at the the, the bars downtown. I don't. Yeah. And that she uh, was mad at them, or that they they like the cops came to her house and took away her vodka, and she's <laughs> like, wait, wait, slow. <laughs> Yeah. Wait. So she was at the Fairmont. She was still. She's staying with us. She's staying with you because the cops took her. Vodka. I don't really know what the time. Okay. I found out about some of these other things through different avenues. So I don't. I don't always. Um. I can't always talk about how I know everything that I know. Fair but, enough. Okay. But so I'm working Sunday night last Sunday. Yes. As by this time clock, it would have been four Sundays ago. Okay. And uh, Alex, uh, the valet kid. By the way, he's back. I don't oh. know if you remember Alex. No. Super nice kid. I don't know. Big guy, kind of tall, blonde. Oh, okay, maybe. Super I nice. I don't know. He's just really friendly all the time. Anyway, he's wheeling this woman up, and um, yeah, she's just super mean and just like really crabby, and she's barking everything that she wants, and it was. Uh, I don't really want to go into how unpleasant she was because she was very unpleasant. It transcends uh, her attitude. She smelled horrible. Why would you? I just. No, I mean I don't know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean I mean I don't know if I should say that or if I can say that, but it was just but it was like it permeated like the whole bar. Like I had people like leaving and stuff. And then that's what I said uh reminded me of this was cuz as I came in your house it smelled like sandalwood a little bit. Mhm. Because this other guy came in and sat down almost right next to her and he had <laughs> on so much cologne, but he was wearing this like really thick cloud of sandalwood cologne. Like it was really deep. And it was so pleasant. Like, I just wanted to buy the man a drink so he'd hang out there longer, you know? Because it was kind of, I don't know, it was, it was, you could almost see the two clouds hitting and, like, fighting each other. Like, uh-huh. So I kind of stayed near him, like, and talked to her. But I was just, like, I would only, like, address, she would, like, ask me stupid things and say horrible things. Like, yeah. she would, always, The place would be quiet when all those people are eating their food or doing what they're doing. And all of a sudden you just hear this. You know, goddamn Obama, he's ruining he ruined this country. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get She's it. complaining about this. That was business. a long time ago, but yeah. 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 So it's like And she's like and then she'd start talking about Kobe. She's like, But it's so sad. I just I just started crying when I heard about Kobe and I was like, Oh yeah, and his daughter and she's like, What? His daughter too? And then she'd start crying again. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't I thought Can you knew. send her to a room. Can I, I? She wasn't Intoxicated, you know, like she did. Well, she wasn't breaking any laws or rules. It was like, can you get sent away for just being really unpleasant? No, I don't think so. I feel like you should be able to. Because and she hates us. Is the thing. Like she was sending text messages to people that I know around town because she's a local, mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, I have to go to the Fairmont because they the cops came to my house and took away my vodka." <laughs> and then, and then, like, yeah, I'm gonna go stay at the Fairmont with those Nazi bastards, like. I fucking hate it there or something. I don't know. But she was like, oh, I love... She, to me, to my face, she was like, oh, I really love it here. Everyone's always so nice. It's like, oh... This is like an old woman? Yeah. Fucking weird. I yeah. mean... It was really, 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 really... It challenged every ounce of my of my customer service ability to stand next to this severely unpleasant creature. But I do. I feel like... I feel like... When people are getting overly emotional in a negative way, mm-hmm. um, or even overly emotional in a positive way, in that I've had 
I just don't feel like it. it's not serving. If you are disrupting other people's experiences, everybody should be enjoying themselves. You can right. be boisterous. You can be loud. You can have a good time. I don't have anything wrong with that. Yeah. But when it gets to the point that you're, you are maybe out there on having a wine country weekend with your girlfriends and now you're a little too drunk and now you're like, I had one woman who was like, singing loudly and then she was we you have bottles of water right mm-hmm. you pour and you go and refill the water and you leave the bottle of water on the right. table for them to refill themselves she was drinking straight from the bottle of water she was singing she was you know like it was beyond mm-hmm. like having a good time it was disruptive yeah the same thing with people who are crying i feel like and it, there's really not much we can do because it's a, there's a lot of gray area Miss, you're kind of being a downer I think we're going to have to call security and have you removed, or you're going to have to turn this around. Or, or or if a guy is being, you know, angry, I mean, either one, mm-hmm. you know, if anybody's being loud and yeah. angry or being, being a downer, I don't want to say don't reach out to the person and help them, but like, it's, that is not the place. They should be removed so that they can have that feeling somewhere else because right. it's like, there's nothing to, you can't really help somebody in that situation. Yeah. That's not your job. No. Well, she, well, that's the thing. It's like one of the first things she said to me was, I was like, how, and how are you today, miss? And she's like, I'm not good. I'm really depressed. You're going to have to turn me around. I need you to entertain me. I was like, oh, would you like to hear my, my best joke? She's like, no. Like, okay, well, can I get you a drink then? Like, those are that's what I got for you. I'm a bartender. Like, I'm not. Howie Mandel. Uh, people make jokes that like, oh, bartenders are like, supposed to be your therapist, but I'm the fuck not. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm not, I've never worked for a suicide uh, prevention hotline. You know, I don't, I'm not certified mm-hmm. in any way, you know, to, to perform any of those duties. You know, like I can't actually be a therapist. Like I'm not a licensed no. therapist on any level. I mean, I have a lot of experience listening to people and, you know, convincing them that they're right. You know, you know, I'm sorry your wife hates you. You're clearly a prick, but, you know, it's not your fault. Have another drink, idiot. You know, just don't hit her. You know, like, <sighs> can you be a better person? I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's because you're hitting on the woman next to you and talking about your your wife being mad at you. Like, maybe that's the step. You know, the the seed of your problem that you're. But I can't. You know, I can't fix people. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like there's this this being a bartender requires a lot of different talents and skills. Yeah, and some of them they overlap and stuff but no I'm not going to be your therapist it is not my fucking job it is not my job to you know you and they train you to read the room and be able to manage people and these are all important things mm-hmm. I don't want somebody as the bartender who just can make drinks because that's not right. really helpful it's also time to not make drinks right and you know. to solve you know solve problems but at the same time when people are leaning too heavily on those other aspects of mm. your of your job yeah like no, yeah, absolutely there's a couple not. Of that they were they're a very pleasant, nice couple, but they were like talking about sports, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about sports, and the games are on. He's asking. He asked me this this the 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 scores of some. He had like some weird acronym or something he used, like a, ATF or a, a, I don't know. AFC, sure. The American uh, Football the, League. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you know what the score? Apparently, it was thirty-eight to thirty-two, and the AFC won. Mm-hmm. If that tells anybody any information, that's what I was able to to glean from this conversation. But it went on and on, and they kept saying, "Oh, as a bartender, you're supposed to be able to talk about sports." And I was like, "I don't know who told you that, but that's not actually true. They have my tel- television strategically placed, so I can't see them. I actually know nothing about sports. 
And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and yes, I know a cursory amount, so I know which ball goes with which sport. But <laughs> it's actually not my job to talk about sports with you. And you're raising your finger like you want to argue with me. What do you got? No, I don't want to argue with you. You bring up a very good point. I want to agree with you. Ah. Because those rules and those ideas and those those ideas about what a bartender should be, mm-hmm. those were created before who don't. Google. And <laughs> well, that too. And so that it was important in a certain time that a bartender should be able to do all of these things. And yes, right. you should be able to know the score and like... I'm, kind of I'm know sure what's going on in the news. In the news, in, yeah. the, in the area, in the town. That makes you should, sense. You should, yeah. be, you should be a host informed. and you should be informed. Thank you. But we live in a time of fucking Google. Yeah. And if you want to know the score of the AFC championships... You pull out your know, phone and look at it. Yeah. If you pull out your phone and look at it. Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody has an internet connection. Yeah. Um, this is not something new or weird anymore. Yeah. It's 2020, Walter. Mm-hmm. I never thought we'd be here, but here we are. I, you know what? I remember, I remember, <laughs> fuck, what was that? I think that was 2010. Were we at the Balmar in 2010? Possibly. I mean, I had just left. I think but... it was New Year's. Mm-hmm. Like so 2009 to, like, it was turning into 2010 that mm-hmm. night. And I remember thinking that I saw Stephanie, mm-hmm. the waitress, she had her hair cut in this weird little kind of forward bob thing. She was wearing this weird kind of glittery skirt. She looked like she was wearing a Star Trek cocktail outfit. waitress outfit. Uh-huh. Like super futuristic. And you know, and she was super cute, but all of her makeup and everything was just like... And I kind of jumped back in my own head, like looking at her as a little boy, thinking about what the future was going to be like. And I'm like, I live in the future right now. It's 2010. Like at midnight, it's going to be 2000. And mm-hmm. this is the cocktail waitress. Like... We're totally here. We made it. This is the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now it's 2020. So I just... Yeah. This is 2020. I just think that... I don't think that those things necessarily should apply to a bartender anymore. Well, they don't. Um, they I don't. Mean, not with me and anyway. I just no. Well, yeah. And I have never... I would like know a little bit about sports, but I certainly couldn't talk about it. And like... And it depends, man. Like if there's if you have a rapport with somebody, but also I can't be everything to everyone. And right. I can still be a good host, and yeah. I can still I can even be cordial and jovial about how little I know about sports, which I always am. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I was getting. No that's one what has I was a better at. sense of humor about how little I know than I do. <laughs> so I think that there is, you know, and I, I even think in some ways my job was made easier by smartphones because. There you don't is. Have to read the newspaper anymore. <laughs> well, not that, but there would be. I still bartended in a time when phones were not as prevalent. So I started in two thousand and five or six. So like people had phones, but it wasn't always like. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, but that was fourteen. I guess that fourteen or fifteen years. You know, so you would still have people who were talking to each other and you would talk to them and you would get them to kind of like talk to each other. That was the game. And that was the game, right? But then smartphones come and some might say, oh, well, nobody talks to each other anymore. When in bar, people are still talking to each other plenty, aren't they? They haven't stopped. 100%. Yes, they are annoying the hell out of each other on a constant basis. (laughs) So I feel like the smartphones have kind of eased up my job a little bit Mm -hmm. so that I can actually do more and help more people and Mm -hmm. produce more make more drinks that kind of stuff you know yeah um so when you don't know the drink you just pop around the corner with your too. smartphone and be like mm-hmm. god aviation what's in that again yeah, yeah. and there I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Paper using airplane. it as a tool because you still need the basic 
and you know not just basic but advanced skills to make the drink even yeah. if you don't know what the exact I ingredients just get a are cursory yeah what is that gin base oh right that's what it mm-hmm. is and then i got everything else and then I, the right. ratios are already mm-hmm. in there i mean but i just don't think this idea of like well you know you know what a bartender should you should be my friend and it's like nope <laughs> no not really not really at all. Well, if you don't have friends, then you don't have friends. <laughs> that is no one's problem but your own. Mm-hmm. So, and and I'd be interested to hear somebody else's uh, opinion on this. And maybe there are. I think there are places where that still applies, and with people whom that still applies. But like, I I just I I am not that that bartender anymore. No. Well, you're not even a bartender anymore. No, not not anymore. Uh, you I gave it up for Lent or something. I gave it up for Lent. Uh, I might be a bartender again soon. Yeah, I think about coming back into the fold. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't have a problem with waiting tables. So now I think there is. Me neither. You don't. No. Okay, but I think there is. There's been a. There's a power dynamic between bartenders Server and servers. Well, I just feel like, I feel like the server you, position mm-hmm. should just be done away with. All you've done is created a job. That there's that where they can say no and they don't have a skill set. Do you know what I mean? Like like where we work, instead of one bartender, two servers, or two bartenders and one server, if you just had three bartenders who could work both work the floor and make the drinks, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like run around and take care of everything. You know what I mean? Like I I am a server. I do work the tables. I am a, a cocktail server, you know, and a, a darn good waiter. But I'm also a bartender. I'm like I can do everything, and so then there. But then there's this other faction that's like, oh, they can do half of it. They can do part of it. They can't actually make anything, but they can go out there and tell people about what's in it. Right. Only on a good day if they're a good server, but you know you have to train them to ask the questions. So yeah, I just feel like we should just have be all bartenders, you know? Because I'll step down and I can just be the the server for the night. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, I love not working. Great. We pour all of our own wine and beer at the place I work at now. Like yeah. that's just. I mean, most servers do. Most servers mm-hmm. always have. But so, and I. This is funny. This is an old school bartender who I don't know if he still works in Walnut Creek. Named Kurt. 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 I think his name is Kurt. Old guy. Mm-hmm. Really gruff and cranky, but still really kind of sweet. You know, you you can imagine the type. Wears mm-hmm. the vest and the tie and and all that stuff. And he would always say, "He's like, there are no good servers." A good server is a bartender. <laughs> so it's that kind of that attitude of like being being more willing to to take on various tasks and be able to jump in wherever you mm-hmm. need to. Yeah. But <clears throat> I just I feel like but there's contention because like you said, bartenders don't like servers, or servers gotta wait for drinks, and so like, but if you can do both now also it depends on the restaurant. You can't just have everybody behind the bar. And, right. Like in the place you work at, the bar is open. There's no there's no delineation. No, there's no, no arm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, you just go close. walk right back in there. So that makes sense. If there's a bar where somebody if you're back there and you're locked in there, mm-hmm. I really only need one bartender and I yeah. really just need the I will make the, the drinks. drinks. Yeah. And then you But we've got that them. second well. Right. And like you know, like when I was a server, I just did a serving shift a couple of months ago and the bartender who's currently working I'm not going to name any names it was a little bit of a chatterbox sometimes and I would see mm-hmm. him over there across the room like talking somebody up and I've got like three drinks I'm waiting on mm-hmm. and I'm like I get it I'm just a server and I'm going to have to tip him on these drinks because that's that's the arrangement that we've made but I'm just going to step over this line because there's nobody else right I'm going to pop in here and I'm going to make this Manhattan and I'm going to make I'm going to make these drinks and I'm going to go because I'm not going to sit here and not and it used to always make me nuts like when the servers like they're waiting for their drinks 
and I get it, they're waiting for their drinks, but it's like you could be getting your garnishes ready. You know what I mean? Like you know what you ordered. You're waiting for you know a martini with olives. So start stabbing your olives, like getting your limes ready, like get your get your little get your little napkins ready, get all your shit ready, so that when the drinks come up, you're not waiting for me to do it. You know, you're just mm-hmm. ready with the garnishes. Right. You know, keep busy. So let me let's do a little role play here. Okay. Okay. So I'm the server and you're the bartender. It's mm-hmm. not big of a stretch. Um, let's imagine that the bar that you're working behind isn't closed. Okay. And your job is to take care of the stools in front of you, mm-hmm. and your job is to make the drinks at the at the ice well, mm-hmm. right? Or at, at the well. At the well. So you're the service bartender as well as you have guests at the bar. Right. Um now I feel like as a server sometimes when you're at the other end of the bar and you're chatting people up and I understand that the bulk of your money, your tips are coming from those people, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I should have to wait for my fucking drinks either. Right. So and you I, should be able to, as a bartender... I do both, yes. You should be able to do both at the same time. Well, I keep my eye on that squirrel, the little ticket. Right. So if I see you have a ticket up or if I see you waiting there, I'll look back to mm-hmm. see if I have a ticket and somebody will sit down and be like, I'll be right back. I'll be right with you and I'll step mm-hmm. away. And I'll come back and I'll make the drink. Okay. I will let... My guests can wait. That's the thing that people don't seem to understand about people who come at the bar. When they see that there's one bartender or whatever, they'll wait a minute. You know, like they're very patient with bartenders. They don't really fuck with us, I feel, Mm -hmm. because they know that I'm making their drink. And I'm making their drink as quick as possible, but you might have to wait a minute. Like people, even when I get mobbed and swarmed and you're like three deep, and I'm I'm making this lady's three drinks. I already have the next guy's three drinks in my head, and I've got a squirrel, and I'm making the server's drinks, right? And another guy pops up, and he's like, hey, can I order? I'm like, absolutely, so I'll be right with you. I've got a couple of other people ahead of you, you know? And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, and he'll step back because he knows I'm going to get to him. So then he sees me bust out these drinks. I take their money and make that interaction. Then I go back, and I make the server's drinks. I bust out her drinks. Then I go to the other guy, and I start – I don't even go back and talk to him. I already have his drinks in my head. So I start busting those out. I give him the drinks. I get the room number and the thing. I'm like, just a quick signature, sir. And then I come back, and he signs his thing. And I'm like, and what can I get you, sir? I right. haven't stopped moving even mm-hmm. for like a half a second. So they see right. that I'm busy, but I'm also knocking it out, right? Right. So yeah. – but I always keep the server's tickets – Flowing out. Absolutely. They're in the queue. Always. I never ignore them. I have just found that some bartenders are... They deprioritize. They deprioritize server tickets. And like... But the server's tipping us out too. I mean, not as much perhaps, but it's a static amount. But it's also a chunk of the money that I'm making as a server. That it's like I have to get... And so you may say, oh, that's not that a lot. And I have to split it with like somebody else. Right, but but I treat it like a salary because even if they fuck my server over and don't tip her out she has to tip me a percentage of that liquor sale correct so i'm gonna make my dollar off of that drink regardless right you know so that is a priority for me it may not be the five dollars i'm gonna get from this guy for making but it's a guaranteed dollar it's a guaranteed dollar exactly right because he might screw me and then you make nothing and i make nothing so hedging my bets saying okay these tickets and if the server you know if if you keep screwing the servers over they'll just stop selling liquor like you know what if you really want a liquor drink, you can just go wait at the bar because he's not making my drinks. If you want beer or wine, you know I can, I can get that for you like right now. Yeah. If you just want a beer, while well, you you know we can take care of that for you, and you can go to the bar and maybe he'll make your drinks. But he's kind of a jerk and a douchebag, so you know. <laughs> I mean, if I was a server and that's what's happening this to is, me, I've I would one hundred percent play the war. Like if you want to, if the bartender is going to play the war card, like oh we're enemies, then fine. I will show you the enemy that I can be. Like I will, mm. I will fuck your world up. Because as a bartender, I love I, I love it when they take 
take people off the bar, you know, like help them, you know? So yeah, so I've had this both me ways. Up. So yeah. here's, here's, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I had one where I was the bartender and the server got angry at me because people were coming up to the bar from her tables mm -hmm. and they were getting drinks from me, paying out and then sitting at her table. She's like, you're stealing money from me. I'm like, you need you're to not greeting them. them. Yeah. She needs to fucking get to them. Right. Then also I've been where I was the server and I would peel people off the bar for the bartender mm -hmm. and they were relieved. And mm -hmm. I was like, cause that's, that's Mandy and Joey upstairs yeah, at the Balmar. They mm -hmm. used to call me the hawk. When I, was, when I was a cocktail server because mm -hmm. I would stand between the people and the bar with menus in my hands and they would start making their way to the bar I'm like oh hello guys how are you doing here's a little menu of all the things your table's right over here and they're like oh okay there's table service I'm like absolutely come on over and then like I'll bring you some water I'll be right there and they would mm -hmm. sit down and like I would just like keep them from getting to the bar because it was like and I feel that way too as a bartender. It's like because I'm not gre I'm gonna make my nut I'm gonna get some money tonight okay and they, they called you the hawk because you know, I would do jokingly, this. but like, because they made enough money anyway. Yeah, they, they were, were doing busy. fine. They Everybody was doing busy. fine. Yeah, right. But it was because I would hover. I would kind of do this yeah. gliding hover between, like, with my menus out. Mm -hmm. Like, hey guys, like, no, like, but, just kind of float around like this. But like, yeah, so I mean, I just and again, you talk about being a team rather than being against each other. Because I've worked on both sides. Yeah, and it's never That's how worked it's supposed to be yeah. when people and I've worked with bartenders where I'm the bartender and mm -hmm. I'm like dude, you need to make these fucking tickets. The servers can't stand here and they don't seem yeah. to get it because they're more concerned with the the, the person in front of them. And that we're they starting to get gonna... back to normal at my work, but like the, the management just recently tried to pit us all against each other. Like they were trying to start this fucking war between the servers and the bartenders, which didn't work out very well for anybody. What was the war? Well, they so basically they took away all the tables. Right. So um, two bartenders with six chairs at the bar and all the servers, the servers are not going to pour their beer and wine. So we would just stand there and wash all their dishes and pour their beer and wine, which mm -hmm. that's that, that dollar that we're talking about per drink was like basically it was taken out of like 50 cents for like a beer because the beer is like, you know, $8. Whatever, yeah. So they're 20%. That's, you know, that's 40 cents. It's you know, so it's 20 cents for me for every fucking beer that I, but, but that's also now I'm super jammed up. We couldn't even keep up with our six tables, you know, with our six chairs at the bar because we're just pouring all of this because it's a wine bar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like 90% of what's going out is beer and wine. So the and servers... Were they just tipping you out on all that? Did they change the tip out? On the beer and wine? Out? Yeah, but no, but it was... Much. But that 4% or whatever is like... Nothing compared it's nothing to what you were compared to what when was, you had tables. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because people so, are coming in there, you know, to, to have dinner and stuff. So, so now it's like... Now they're like, where's my wine? Like they're waiting on all these drinks because they're not allowed behind the bar. And now like... And, you know, we're not making any money. So it was like, you know what? We're out of glassware. So you're not getting any drinks because they're not allowed to come behind the bar to help us with glassware. So now the glassware, you know, it's like we're just washing. So what am I working for? Like minimum wage to wash your dish? So I'm a dishwasher. I've just been demoted to fucking dishwasher because I, I have, yeah, these three people and the other bartender has the other three people. So I'm going to make $15, you know. And so what changed that they... they well, eventually, you know, like they saw that it because people couldn't actually because now the servers are all focused on our bartending tables because it's been the so system. They couldn't for, get the they couldn't, they couldn't get, get out to the lobby. They couldn't get out to the outside people. Like so, the the whole they have these three servers have this enormous you know it's like a football field and they can't get yeah. out there, I've, which is why we took care of the tables in front of the bar because we can get to them. We could see them. We can see when they're empty we can see and we can everything. check in with them. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, people are coming in off of the like the lobby and saying, can we get service out here? So I'm like, oh, a chance for me to make money? Absolutely, sir. So now I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be. Now I'm taking this table way out here because there's no one else to do it. 
So now I've got a six top out in the lobby, and I'm not making the girls drinks. I'm not pouring their beer. I'm not pouring their wine, and I'm not washing dishes because now I'm doing table service, which is exactly what they didn't want, but somebody had to do it because the server had my two tables. So let's go back in time a little bit, and let's talk about, yes, because the position that you're in now is a bartender who takes tables. Um, That's what I was hired for. That was mentioned four out of the five interviews that I had. They said, <laughs> right. so you're okay taping, taking tables? And I said, absolutely, you run, absolutely, head of F&B, absolutely. And so this is the point I want Mr. to make. Mr. Corcoran, yeah. Because a lot of a lot of bartenders don't like this. There's a, um, I don't know if it's a lack of tray skills or territory or feeling like that's beneath them, but there's this attitude of like, I don't take tables. And so I've seen this. Now, were you always a bartender who took tables back I mean, I know it depends on the bar and it depends on the situation. It depends on the division of labor. Absolutely. I've always I've always at least been willing to take tables because at the Balmar, we had that section right in front, mm-hmm. right, that against the wall. And that kind of came in. That was always kind of a battle. Like, that's ours. But during the week, it's not because those are the only tables because there's no upstairs. Right. So it's it like we always kind of had to go to bat for that. But it was, you know, you have to be flexible about it. And then, yeah, yeah the Blue Bistro, the, we didn't have any servers. Again, it was just three bartenders. So we were oh, always rotating okay, around. So. Good. Yeah, sometimes they would make my drinks if they got busy doing it. Cause so like we'd have the whole restaurant was broken up between all three of us. So there, it was never it wasn't designed the same way. There was always room right. to make our own drinks. Because I always felt like before, not that it was beneath me, but I didn't didn't want to, and I also was not confident in my tray skills. Well, the tray and that skills. was a thing that really made me that really. I, I think I lost out on a lot of opportunities. Well, that's the other thing. Like when I <laughs> I remember at the Balmar. We were kind of trained. Food was bullshit. Food sales lowered our liquor sale. Like it just—it was just more of a chore to sell yes. and deal with food. You just wanted people to have a couple of nice, expensive drinks and get the fuck out, you know, so you could get the next guy in there to have right. a couple of drinks and get the hell out. And then I learned in Napa that food sales up the ticket average so much because to people once—I mean, they're—they're they're fine tipping you like a dollar a drink, you know, or whatever you know the norm is. But once food is involved. They're more comfortable tipping a percentage on the ticket. Mm-hmm. So you want a nice expensive drink and then incorporate some food so that they, they so that they're working with a percentage now. Because so my initial thing was, yeah, no tables. I was the same way. Fuck that. Why would I want to do that? Because then there's gonna be food involved. Ugh, who wants to serve food? Right. There's no money <clears> in food. And then I learned There's lots of money in if, food. If you actually have good food. Mm-hmm. You know, that can come out hot, serve appropriate, like properly, like a nice, well done steak or piece of lamb or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Calamari, if you have good food, yeah, good food and good drinks, everybody makes money. But I mean, unfortunately, they take, they, they try to take away all of our expensive wine. And there was so much backlash from the guests. Like, they were, they were like, oh no, we're not going to have any wine more expensive than like $12 a glass. And I'm like, well, that's not going to pay my rent. You know, like I'm used to sell my comfort zone is like eighty dollar glasses of wine. We used to we did that one party where we were pouring hundred and sixty dollar glasses of Dude, wine all night long. Were crazy. We ran out of it. We were running around this room. There was all these suits, and I would go up, and the wine Walter would not go get up too. Enough for them. And so this was yes, yeah, so this was like the second most expensive wine was I think we had, or, or the yeah, third, or something like that. It was no, it's a verite. Yeah. And oh, we were God, pouring it, so, it so I would have an open bottle of this seven hundred dollar bottle of wine, and I would go around the room and say another glass sir and i would just top them off and it would be another 160 dollars and they didn't care and they they were like yes and that was amazing and i think we both made like 900 dollars that night i think it was 1300 but oh was it that's yeah 
Jesus. Well, part of it was uh, uh, the service charge, which went on our paychecks. Correct. But okay, the yeah. rest of it, like the all cash. the cashes and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that the the food and wine is where it's at. Yeah. And but so they changed it so that they were only going to sell all this like stuff. And I kept at all these meetings. I was like, none of these people are flying in from New York or Dubai to try your cheapest. They don't want yellowtail. Like nobody wants cheap wine. They're coming to wine country because they want to experience what this region has to offer. Like that's and you're going to take it away from them. And we had yeah, you're going to take it away from. Them. I had the, the I think the last row was we had this huge group come in and they pushed all the bar bar room tables together. And I'm talking to this guy. He's looking at the new list. He's like, what is this? We, like, You guys used to... Where happened... A, what happened to the digital menu? Like, what did you guys do? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, sir, I'm so sorry. I guess they were leasing them, so they thought this was more cost-effective. I'm not really sure. You know, I'm not... I just put the whiskey in a glass. You know, that's kind of out of my pay grade. Ha, ha, ha. Everything's great. He's like, okay. And he's looking at the list. He's like, well, can I see the, the Sante list? I'm like, sure. But they changed the glass pours over there also. So he's like, oh, I just want some decent bottles. And you know what? I have I have better shit than this in my cellar in Marin. So hey everybody, order some apps. I'm gonna go and you know I'm like hang on, hang on. So I ran and I got the Somalia. I was like, can we? This guy's gonna leave. Like we got this table of like 14 people and they want to buy expensive, nice wine from the region. Can you come out and just tell them what we can do? Tell them what we used to have. Tell them like because I know it's still down there. Can you just verbal it to him? And Mark came out and was like, he saved the day. But it was just like, we almost lost that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that ticket ended up being like over three grand. It was like, <sighs> yeah. so then so then they started cheating back in the good wine. And now I have most all of my nice expensive glasses. Not all of them, but most of the mm-hmm. good wine. Because it went with the food. You know, they wanted to have the steaks and they wanted, you know, the, the, the nice terrines and they wanted all the nice expensive things and then they wanted the nice expensive wine to go with it. Yeah. So now the new strategy that Accor has brought to the table is they've taken away all the good food. So we still have the expensive wine, but it's my entire menu is sandwiches and garbage. Like it's just, I mean, it's good. It's like the the Brussels sprouts are amazing still. You know, the, the food, um, the quality of the food, the quality is, of food good, is great, but it's like product. nachos and I mean, like the, the, was it the Reuben? It's finally phenomenal. We had that awful turkey Reuben for so mm-hmm. long that it was like everything about it was not a Reuben. Right. It's like, why don't you just call it something else, man? Like it's not... That sandwich made me so angry. But so now it's just sandwiches and stuff that you're not going to want to spend. So now the wine sales have dropped and now the food sales have dropped and people are still bitching about the prices because it's like, oh, why would I pay $32 for a Reuben? Like, that is crazy. At least we took the duck egg off the burger because that was stupid. So they just make a lot of really bad decisions. And it started to talk about management. Not making any money at all and still being tormented (laughs) by the upper management. Yeah, no, no. Um, so I know you have to go, but I, do. I did want to ask you about Martini Madness, which hasn't well, happened this, yet. So this is gonna this will air after. Okay, so I can talk about. So it. So we're recording this before the competition. Walter has a cocktail competition this coming weekend. Um, for those of you listening, we're gonna talk about the cocktail that he's going to make, and then next week. So you're not gonna blur. You're not gonna. No, this leak will not go out. out. This will not be leaked. Okay. None of this will be leaked. I can't have my enemies. I understand. Getting a one up. I understand. So we're gonna, you're gonna hear about this, and then we're gonna come in next week, and we're gonna hear about whether or not you won. Because I was telling you that it's layered. It's a layered Pousse Cafe cocktail. Well, see, it's not a Pousse Cafe. Okay. I was saying that there's layers. Like I do a float, right? Mm-hmm. And then a little more layer on top of that. So again, like all of my cocktails, it kind of the inspiration almost always comes from my mother's culinary 
mm-hmm. my my relationship to my mother's culinary world, cooking. like cooking, world. what she, what I grew up on and stuff. So one of the many stories, I don't know if I've already told you this story, but like one of the things my my father used to do is beg my mother for um, uh, blueberry pie. Like, please, please make a blueberry pie, make a blueberry pie. And my mother's like, all right, fine. So she'd make a blueberry pie and he wouldn't eat it. And it made her totally nuts. Like he Why would, did he want it? He, I don't know. It's like nobody ever knew. He would always ask her for like these things. Something would get in his head that he just had to have. It's like, because he knew she could cook and cook pretty much anything. And if she couldn't figure it out or if she didn't know it, she would figure it out. And um, so I just remember the blueberry thing would come up again and again. And she'd make blueberry cobbler. She'd make blueberry cheesecake. She'd make all kinds of blueberry things whenever he wanted like a blueberry thing. So in the spirit of that, I made blueberry cheesecake into a cocktail. Sounds delicious. It really is. It turned okay. out really good. So the base, which I've already prepared, um, is like this, the blueberries. There's, there's a little bit of um, brown sugar. And there's actually uh, like a baked graham cracker. Um, and uh, sun-dried uh, blueberries and um, a little did bit you really dry them in the sun? Lime or? juice, the real the California sun. No, somebody, <laughs> I think one of our chef, one okay. of our pastry okay. chefs, dried them for me. Um, and then uh, yeah, a little bit of cinnamon, and then pureed that, infused it into the vodka, right? So that's the base drink. But then I'm doing a float on top. That's the it's a basically a Philly cream cheese and a vanilla vodka float. So that's gonna sit on top. Foam? Well, it's I guess kind of a it's it's thicker than a foam. It's more like a cream. It's well, a how crème. are you applying it? I'm gonna float it on top. Well, it's gonna it's gonna come out of the thing, oh, so the, the foam thing, but it's not like it's not foamy like a foam. It's, it's gonna have okay. it's gonna be denser. It's, okay. Because it's more like a yeah, a very light cream cheese. So it's incorporating that cream, that sort of savory cream. Yeah. cream cheese cream like to go with that sour blueberry tart and then of course graham crackers and freeze-dried blueberries on top are you just going to sprinkle them on top yes sprinkling the, the graham cracker on top. are you just buying like the store the freeze-dried blueberries are you just like the ones are you because um, they have them like the little snacks where you just and you can they? probably like, crush them up yeah well, no, my, my pastry chef is making something for me i'm not oh, okay. really sure um okay yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah. That sounds really good and interesting. And I'm a little worried because I'm not, I was going to do like blueberry. I was going to skewer a couple blueberries, batter them and then roll them in the, in the, in the graham cracker and deep fry them, make like a little fried blueberry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to a, have to do 300 of those. No. So there's a, there's an element of laziness involved. Yes. And then I don't know cause I haven't done it, how it's going to turn out. I don't know if I'm going to have clean, fresh fry oil the night before the event it's not going to taste like fucking fish corn dogs or fish yeah like or whatever they got in that goddamn kitchen so so i don't you know i don't know exactly what the guard like i because i might if i can experiment with if i can like work out a pan thing and just like because i'll sit there and like do like one blueberry batter it roll it put it in like a pan that's hot and then put it on the cookie sheet and like i can do that 300 times and then just get one blueberry so I won't win. I'm not going to win Best Garnish this year. That's for damn sure. But I mean, a deep fried blueberry sounds pretty delicious. Right? Now, if you... I, I mean, you could somehow, like, if you really wanted get to... Get the syringe with the cream cheese and put it inside. <laughs> of, yeah, fuck you. You could deep you fry... Wanna, you want to meet wait, me at 2 in the morning wait. and put the... No, I don't. You're I not going to help me with any of this. You're just going to come up with really good ideas, I'm sure. 
What, well, so the, but maybe I don't know if these are that. Maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe that's not um, realistic. That's not really the point. But go ahead. What if instead of deep fried blueberries, right? Because because blueberries themselves, each one is going to taste different. You're not going to get a consistent flavor from every single blueberry, right? Some are going to be bitter. Some are going to be tart. Some will be sweet. What if you take your blueberry puree that you used and that you're going to strain out once you've infused it, but you, okay, which you could make some more maybe. And what if you rolled that into cream cheese? So now you have a cream cheese, blueberry cream cheese ball. So now you have a little blueberry cream cheese ball and you roll that in in the graham cracker and deep fry the cheese. Now, Because you eat cream cheese cold, it's not like it needs to be, it's not like a cheese stick. It's not like a mozzarella yeah, stick. So you eat it cold so you could deep fry it and then you could... Little blueberry cream cheese balls. And then you could refrigerate it and it would be ready to go. Skewer them. Blueberry cream cheese balls. Hmm. And then once you form, now as you know you need to roll it out. The ratio has to be really high in blueberry and low mm. in cream cheese. I don't want it to be a ball in their mouth of cream cheese. Right, you get the tiniest little melon baller, and you just scoop, scoop, scoop. Mm. You know, I think that that then you have a consistent flavor throughout. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you need some help with this? No. But I do. Do, do you That's know what I mean? It's a late night. Yeah. No, I see where you're going. <laughs> I can 100% do that. Um, then I what kind of bat? So you'd want to batter them. Yeah, you no, have not to that one. No, no, because no, the cream cheese, cheese make it stick. You know, because you, you know, I'm gonna whip the cream cheese in with the blueberry schwitz. Right. I'm gonna puree the blueberry right. and incorporate it just right into the cream. Whip the cream cheese and then incorporate the blueberry and just kind of make a goo. And like mm-hmm. you said, melon baller, plop it right into the graham cracker and roll it around so it just makes a little mm-hmm. ball. And then yeah, just deep fry it. You wouldn't even need to deep fry it. But I could. I'm just yeah. Because if you're deep frying it, if it's just graham cracker crust, yeah. and then freeze no, no. them or refrigerate them. No, I'm gonna deep fry it so that it's nice and crispy on the outside. Okay. And then chill it. So I'm just okay. giving it giving it a shell, just giving it a it. cooked consistency on the outside, and that flavor of caramelizing the sugars and the fat. Mm. But I mean, if you did like do a batter, whatever batter they have there, even if it was, yeah. it's an extra step. The cheese in there will keep it consistent. That's okay. why you do a batter is to make the panko with the breading stick to it okay that's the only but reason the cheese is, yeah okay yeah the cheese is plenty and the cheese won't if you deep fry the cheese it won't like fall apart you've never had mozzarella stick yeah but it has the but is is graham cracker crust gonna, the same that's why, as, that's like, why you deep fry it on the outside. So okay all right well that sounds like a great idea it's very around. helpful johnny thank you well you're welcome i'm glad i know you were expecting me to come up with some cockamamie I thought you were going to say, like, take a syringe, like, inject each blueberry with the... That was my first thought, and then I thought that was ridiculous, because, again, more about consistency, right? Right. Well, I mean, blueberry, I don't think that... I don't think that a whole bunch of blueberries are going to be so off from each other that it's not like, ooh, well, mine was really sour. Mine was too sweet. It's like, no, it's not. Well... I wouldn't worry about something like that. But you're right. Like, you know, just the... Just logistically, yeah. Okay. Something to think about. All right. Because otherwise, I'm not going to do a garnish, but... Or just sprinkle it on top if worse comes to worse. Yeah. <clears throat> or just throw a fucking blueberry in there. And... I mean, the chef, yeah. The chef helped me with the cream cheese foam thing. So I guess I don't have to use his dried, his freeze-dried blueberry thing that he made. Throw that into, whip it up in with fresh blueberries into the cream cheese. A little crunch. Yeah. I mean, if you're just blending it all together. Yeah. It's John. Okay. Anything else we should talk about? I think that's it. I think we're done. It's John. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John.